Hi, this is Jamin Fraser, and you're listening to The Insecurity Project, solving the insecurity problem at a global level. This podcast is a mixture of interviews, coaching sessions, and personal development content. You'll hear me chat with experts, authors, speakers, and individuals who've gone on to do great things in their life as a result of working through their insecurity. You'll hear brave souls being willing to have a live coaching demonstration recorded where they work through their insecurity. And you'll hear 10 Minute Tuesday, which is a chance for me to deliver high-quality personal development content to help you on your journey. I hope you find it useful. Now on to today's show. G'day, folks. This is the Insecurity Project. You're here with Jamin Fraser. I have a real treat today by being able to interview Ryan Bowles. I uh, came in contact with Ryan through a mutual friend and just been really cool watching Ryan do his thing. Uh, Ryan's the founder of Create or Die Movement, the Create or Die Movement, an online tribe of creatives from over 30 countries worldwide, uh, leading and coaching them through the murky waters of freelancing and into the gig economy. I'm going to get Ryan to explain the gig economy and what that means. Uh, over the past decade, he's got a loyal following of over 50,000 creatives, launched e-com brands, led successful crowdfund and charity campaigns, and influenced over half a million people with a microphone in, t- in hand as a front man of a metal band prepared like a bride. So, uh, Ryan, welcome to the show. It's uh, fantastic to have you here. Thanks, Jamin. Super pumped and appreciate the the awesome intro. Yeah, well, look, um, insecurity, it's an important subject. Uh, you know, just chatting to you on air before we went hit record, this is something that's very dear to your heart as well, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, just from my own personal walk, and then I mean, the more more and more people you talk to, uh, it seems to be a common subject. So I think uh, you're hitting the nail on the head. Well, it's an it's an interesting subject. I was at a networking event last night, and just you know, a room full of people, and just I probably talked to thirty people. You know, what do you do? Okay, well, I'm the founder of the Insecurity Project. Oh, Insecurity, wow! And so I get this range of responses. And some people go, Oh, okay, great. Well, so your target market seven billion people. Um, you know, he, he, good luck with that. To them, people are like, what? Insecure? Is that even a thing? You know what? I'm not insecure. Uh, you know, so this range of awareness about the problem, this, and then this range of acceptance around, do I even struggle with this? Is this something I'm willing to face in my own life? But, you know, I'm convinced that it's there for each of us. It, it is a universal fear that in some way or other gets inside us and creates all kinds of mess. And left unmanaged, it can only lead to madness. So I think it's a problem worth solving, and it's always amazing to connect and collaborate with beautiful people in the world doing stuff that's part of solving this problem. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to chatting to you about your ideas and hearing some of your own journey and how you've overcome this in your own life. Uh, and so as as the plan, dive right into the beginning of your story and, and unpack what it was like for you growing up and particularly the influence your parents had on you in your early years in shaping your beliefs about yourself and what you were capable of. So tell us a bit about your childhood. Yeah, cool. And I think if I could touch on what you just mentioned there about talking to people, and I think it, you know, obviously like it begins with self-awareness. And uh, yeah. either people have self-awareness, therefore they are aware of those insecurities, or they don't have self-awareness at all which that may be a benefit because they don't know that they've got insecurities um, there. So either way, I think we all do have them. Um, but yeah. debatable for everybody, I guess. Um, yeah, so, I, 
I agree. Well, just on that, before you touch on your, your childhood, um, yeah, it's a really important topic you raise because with self-awareness comes pain. Um, mm. Ignorance is bliss. I've got friends that do not ask big questions about themselves for fear of what they would uncover. So they don't do self-awareness yeah. on purpose. And it works really well yep. for them because they, they maintain a level of, um, okay, everything's okay. And I'll just <laughs> not worry about anything that's not okay. Um, but then, yeah, obviously on some level that is costing them, but it's, it's yeah. not costing enough. So, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting thing, this whole idea of self-awareness. Um, totally agree. Childhood. Yeah, so um, I'm 28. I so born in 89, very thankful to just slip into the 80s there. Um, yeah. And raised by my what I call my two greatest mentors, mum and dad. Um, I saw them um, work side by side, you know, 30 years side by side, married, um, never, never a voice raised. I think I can remember my dad, you know, to paint a picture, like I think I can remember him once, like, you know, at that point of like, oh, crap, I've done something, like, you know, real, and I shouldn't behave myself. So yeah. I grew up in a, a just a loving, um, beautiful home, myself and my younger brother, um, and absolute utmost respect for my, my parents and how they raised us. And that was, um, there was a few different foundations there. Um, so our Christian faith, that was one of the key foundations to how we were raised. Um, and then also the 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 business side of their life so um when for the first how many years let's see till 99 so about 10 or 11 years um mum and dad were coaches themselves and they they coach people all over the world um through personal wow. development through business <laughs> um all, all sorts of different coaching and that was um via a, a multi-level marketing platform um, to do with the car and cosmetic industry. Um, and so I, from the earliest memories, I can remember myself and my brother sitting in conference rooms, either up the front or up the back, you know, w- watching mum or dad with mic in hand, um, you know, holding home meetings and coaching people and on the phone. And just the way that they dealed and operated with people um, was my foundation of how we should treat one another and... Um, I guess, you know, providing different service to people. So that was, I guess, the first, yeah, that was the first 10 years, 11 years of my life while they were um, in that industry. And we moved from Sydney to um, to Melbourne and then to New Zealand where they became the, um, the national managers of New Zealand before finally, um, you know, deciding to move to the Gold Coast, which is where we all are now. And so um, that was all in the car industry. My dad... Um, you know, eat, slept, drank, you know, cars, you know, trains, planes, motorbikes, anything with an engine. And that was his passion. He was a mechanic um, from his early days back in Sri Lanka. Um, and, yeah, I guess that that's a, a bit of a foundation uh, as to what I grew up with. Wow. Amazing. And what impact did that have on you as a young person growing up? How did that affect your beliefs and the story you were living out of about who you were and what you were capable of and, and that kind of stuff? Yeah, great question. Um, it, it's interesting. Uh, I, you know, I, interesting. Okay, so it probably started crossing my mind more in, like, high school years. Uh, I was playing cricket quite professionally and, 
you know, I believed that I could play for Australia. Um, I did do a, an international tour to Sri Lanka in 2006. And so that was a lot of my investment. And I, you know, absolute had confidence and belief, thanks to mum and dad, that I could make it all the way to the top until, I guess, wow. my priorities changed, um, which was totally my choice. And so, yeah, I grew up with the self-belief uh, and confidence and um and books and things around me to support me to believe that I could do anything. Um, and so finishing my high school years, I didn't want to do the university route, you know, um, the study, then the 50 years and the retirement plan. So I sort of had a chip on my shoulder. <laughs> um, really? Because it's not the way. Yeah, I had this chip on my shoulder of like, I don't know what I want to do with my life after this. School just keeps telling me I need to go to university. Uh, and I yeah. know that's not, that's not the, the kettle of fish that I want to be in. Um, and so the last 12 years now out of school has just been a, a super discovery process. Um, and I've been able to do a lot of uh, cool and fun stuff along the way to get me to this point. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about those cool things in a moment. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious. Can you think of a time where insecurity has limited you or kind of caused you to not reach for what you gave capable of? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, oh, really? Okay. Aside from, yeah, aside from having um, complete, you know, encouragement and support, you know, that I was absolutely blessed with, and I know that's not the case for a lot of, you know, families and kids, you know, growing up these days, it's, you know, I feel like I was one in a million. Um, but aside from that, you know, my personality which surprises a lot of people, is uh, naturally introverted. And okay. so the, and as I've grown, I felt more of a melancholy aspect coming out of that personality or growing more and more, um, which has those tendencies to be inwardly focused or, um, you know, feeling some of those depressive states as a creative, especially um, the way yeah. sort of our, our brains are put together. Um, and so the insecurities there have often been a challenge for me in stretching myself to communicate with people um, in various different, you know, circumstances, whether that's one-on-one, -on -one, whether that's on the phone, you know, to be completely honest, I, I don't like phone calls. <laughs> this, mm. this sort of thing that we're doing right now is totally cool, but my friends know that I don't pick up the phone and call them. I'll be the first to text them and then they'll call me back. It's just, it's an interesting thing that's within me that I, it's a continual battle. Um, yeah. So I definitely, definitely don't have it all together um, in any regard. And then, you know, conflict, those types of things are, are huge insecurities for me as well as to avoiding those or how to deal with those as well. Because mm, you mentioned that wasn't, like your parents modeled to you so many wonderful things, but they I didn't hear any story of them modeling conflict. They just, there wasn't conflict. Mm. No, there, there wasn't conflict. You're right. Um, yeah, I think from from dad's history growing up, you know, his dad um, would often take off his belt and that was the, the era that he grew up in. So he was very, you know, the other way, never to treat us that way. Um, and so, yeah, we didn't have conflict in the home um, and I didn't see conflict between mum and dad, so it's an interesting realisation. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I, it's so fascinating hearing people's stories, and I always feel like it's an amazing gift 
I get given hearing someone's story because it's not normally the level of conversation you have with someone. You know, how are you going? Yeah. Oh, good, thanks. How are you going? Good, thanks. Okay, yep. bye. <laughs> so to, to unpack, this is me. And this is all the things that have kind of gone together to, to make me me. But one of the things that I think is super important is getting to see the patterns that we all have to go through. So people, people typically think their problems are complicated and unique because they think their mm-hmm. life is unique and their experiences totally. and their problems are unique. So they go, oh, if I'd grown up like Ryan and I'd had super supportive parents who, you know, loved me and showed me one of them, well, then I wouldn't struggle it, like It me. would be different, right? Yeah. It would be different. Yeah, so people always comparing, yeah. oh, if I had this, it wasn't like this. But the, the amazing thing is, like, I, I love how Stephen Covey describes the journey to maturity. I don't know whether you've heard him unpack it in uh, Seven no, Habits of Highly Effective People. Well, sure. he just says, we go from this journey from dependence to independence to interdependence. That's, that's the maturity journey. So gotcha. you grow up in a home and you're naturally very dependent upon your parents for everything. Uh, yep. But it is the, the role of a parent to you know, gradually prepare that child for independence so that they can you know, wipe their own bum, cook their own food, earn their own money, um, but not just physical independence, also emotional, relational, and you know psychological independence. So they're sure. able to actually cut the cords that link, you know, because when you're growing up, you believe what your parents believe. You think what your parents think. Yeah. Like it's just a natural yep. progression. But at some point, to become a mature person, you have to work out, hang on, that's what mum and dad thought did, but what yeah. do I believe? Exactly. So whether your right. parents have been outstanding, whether they've been terrible... You know, whether uh-huh. they're in the middle, it doesn't really matter. Every single person at some point has to cut those cords and go out and do you know, do the battle and the deep soul work around this this stage of independence. Otherwise, you never really get it to interdependence. You yeah, know, well. if you don't do that independent stage, then you just go to codependence. So you were dependent upon huh. your parents' thinking and your parents' validation. Uh, so then you just move into a relationship and then it's your partner's validation or your partner's opinion, sure. you know, whatever. Sure. So it's just, I just value you sharing your experience and I think it's so cool to hear such a wide range of, you know, you had a wonderful childhood and incredible parents, yet you still got to work out some stuff on your own. Like it, you don't get <laughs> out of that just because your parents did an outstanding job. Oh, man. If, if I, yeah, if I... Like if that was life that you just got given or you had the rewards of your your parents, I mean, I'd be sitting on, I don't know, cloud nine right now. You know? <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. You know, so only few people get that. I think they're in the royal, um, in the royal family, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, okay, cool. So tell us a bit about, you know, the journey of independence you've been on and, and some of the things that you have done to form as a person because obviously you've gone and done some pretty amazing stuff in the world like you know we'll, we'll hear about your journey as a frontman of a heavy metal <laughs> band and you know what sure. you're doing with creatives around the world but tell us a bit about um you know how you've had to work through your own insecurity mm. to be able to go do those things in the world yeah cool so i guess um where i'm standing right now is my dad's old office which is really cool and it's got his you know, bookshelf, you know, still full of, packed full of books and, and a bunch of stuff. And so, um, firstly, I guess I'd say that I've had the, like the, I don't know, the luck of the draw, I guess, to have all these books in front of me from a young age. And I started reading um, through all of the, 
personal development, self-development, biz development, books, you know, from, I can't even remember, like, I didn't like reading, but I liked the results that came out of these books. And so, yeah. um, so I, I guess compare, if I was to compare to sort of the average younger kid um, in high school, high school coming out, you know, I was reading these when other people were doing other stuff, um, which which laid a, a different mindset uh, and understanding of that self-awareness and journey uh, or, or process, I guess. So I sort of had this like weird perspective um, or just a different perspective, I guess, just a completely different perspective, knowing that, you know, I don't know what I want to do, but I know that I've just got to put one foot in front of the other to get there eventually. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, and so working working things out, out of school, I, I, I took a, you know, a year or two just to do a few things and, and muck around and work jobs um, before I thought, oh, you know, I'll become a personal trainer. I love fitness yeah. and... Um, I, I, I guess I want to see some value added to people's life before I really understood the, the purpose of life in adding value to people. And so studied, became a personal trainer. And uh, during that time is when actually the, the band as well at the same time, we, we kicked off during that whole process. Um, and so that was 2007, 2009 period. Yeah. Um, and the, I was in a band prior to Prepared Like a Bride. Um, which, you know, I quickly decided that wasn't the, the right band to be in and then we created Prepared Like a Bride and um, that's where I guess I started on the journey of one, business, you know, and marketing because we had to do that for the band. Two, I picked up design skills um, that I didn't know I was passionate about in terms of knowing that I was a creative because actually I failed art in high school. My my final year, I was given a fail. Uh, wow. Which uh, a lot of people don't believe me after the things I've gone on to do. And so, yeah, it wasn't an encouraging push into the creative um, creative world out of school. And so I didn't understand that I was a creative until the band and I started designing for the band. And then more and more people asked me to design for them as well. So I was doing personal training and then the bands and, and then I decided to kick personal training and, um, you know, go full time and see what we could do with the band. So that's sort of the next stage of of life um, and self discovery that I sort of went through there. Yeah, right. Um, and any challenges along the way that that stick out as mm. stuff you had to overcome? Yeah, definitely. In so I guess going back to the whole being on the phone um, and working with people, <laughs> personal training is pretty one on one, and so yeah, you've got yeah. To You've got to follow up with people on the phone. You've got to confirm them for their session. All of the things that I hated doing um, and made me uncomfortable, I sort of I pushed through. You know, I pushed through a lot of that, and um, there were huge learnings there. And um, we did door to door, you know, sales where we'd we'd go and drum up business on the streets of the Gold Coast. Um, very like, very like, you know uncomfortable out there stuff yeah, that I'm yeah. really great, grateful for but knowing that people's biggest fear is you know public speaking let alone just random um, random contact you know one on one sales um, yeah so definitely some serious challenges there every week I'd go oh no I have to call even though they were regular clients I'd have to call them you know when their weekly session came up to confirm their session I just hated doing it um so, yeah, big insecurity challenges there. 
for sure. And how how did you manage to do that continually and successfully? Was there anything in particular that helped you overcome mm. that? Yeah, I think a big thing, um, not just there, but everything in life is having like a a no option, no other option. So it would mm-hmm. get to like sort of 8 p.m., 9 p.m., and I hadn't confirmed clients for a 6 a.m. session. And like, what other option do I have? Don't call them. Don't get the session you know, which which then lets them down on their accountability side because that's what I'm being paid for and hired for. Um, and then I'm failing myself by taking the, the easy road. So um, having those non-negotiable, uh, yeah, non-negotiables, like the session is tomorrow. Now It's either yeah. now or never. Uh, and you've only got that yes or no answer. Do or die. It's a really interesting point that you raised. It's been something I've I've been exploring in my own journey recently. Just this pattern I've noticed around burning bridges and cutting off my exits. Mm. Um, so so where you're forced to then do do it, like you're afraid or you're not yeah. sure. You kind of had this sense: this is what I want to do, and I, I'm sure this is right, but gee, I, I don't know how it's going to work out of some uncertainty. So I find that. Um, when I'm back into a corner around those things or uncertainty around those areas, the thing that has served me best consistently has been to do exactly what you say and go all in and create systems that mean, well, there's no choice. You're okay, you're, you're going to do this. Yep. So, yep. <laughs> uh, like going to, moving to Germany for nine months with the family. Um, wow. You think, how are we going to do this? Are we going to do this? It's like tickets booked, <laughs> you know, money sent. Yeah. Now we have to find a way. Oh, wow. You know, or... We went from having this idea, my wife and I, about how cool it was. We thought, yeah, this is going to be awesome. We've got no idea how this is going to happen and are we, yep. are we capable of doing this? And so we went, right, uh, well, let's go tell a bunch of people we are going to do it. So now, you know, the mm. social embarrassment from being those guys that were talking a big game and never found a way to go, you know, that's going to be painful. So yep. now we have to find a way. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's, it's interesting. Um, and I didn't know that that was what I was... I don't know if you as well, I'm interested to know. I didn't know if I was doing that. I think it was just a subconscious thing. I had no idea that it was an actual concept. And so one of the, just in the last sort of six months, learning from uh, a business marketing coach, Russell Brunson, he talks about yeah. Plata or Plomo. Right. Um, which, is, which in like Spanish slang, it translates to lead or gold. And it comes from uh, an old story. I, I believe the Mexican prime minister or pres, pres, prime minister, I believe they've got, um, you know, back, like a long time ago, thieves would break into his facility and put a gun to his head and, and yeah. say to him, if you don't change this law, you can either have, you know, lead or gold. You can keep, you can keep your treasure or you're going to get lead. Which one will it be? And <laughs> And there's no option to it. And so yeah. know, Russell, you know, talks about it all the time, lead or gold, lead or gold. Um, when you set that deadline, you've got no other option but to succeed because the, the other alternative is not a good one. Well, it's, it's interesting because I think you're backing your own self. So I think the, the best, when this works well, it is out of something deep inside you going, no, nah, you are capable of doing this. This is what you want. And yeah. so it's this driver from your subconscious to go, you're stronger than you think, actually. 
capable of doing this. So create mm. create this deadline and you'll see. You go watch what you're capable of by forcing yourself to do something that you don't think you can do. You know, which is typically, you know, your personal training. You would have seen that all the time. People consistently underestimate how strong they are or how capable they are. Yeah, yep. 100%. You know, you'd be like, you give me five more push-ups. I can't. Yeah, but just do it anyway. Yep. No, but I can't. Well, but just do it. Oh, okay. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I, I, I did, did it. Five push-ups. Okay. Yeah, I did it. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. If I did that, I wonder what else I could do. Yeah, yeah totally. Man. Yeah, that's a great point. I saw that every day for sure. Hmm. Um, that's, that's really yeah. fascinating that, that you say that. Okay, anything else that you found as useful in helping you keep showing up and doing all that's in your heart and, and not be held back by any limiting stories or doubts, fears, insecurities? Yeah, I think when I think, um, well, I, I, I firstly strongly believe that the the challenge is the way. Um, you know, the the way yeah. to to learning and growing is actually to go through challenges, and that relates directly to you know, working out physically, you know, to grow muscles, we have to stretch and break them. So, like, along the way, I've understood that, you know, tough times and difficult times on the other side of those is going to be beneficial. Um, there's going to be learning yeah, and yeah. growth to those as well. And so, yeah, that came from personal training, that came from um, the band, that came from running businesses and freelance, like, all along the way, just having an expectation. Because um, I believe, yeah, I believe too many of us, me included, I'm the first to put my hand up, is the way we're like programmed and to, to grow up is we set the wrong expectations continually. Um, you yeah. know, we set high expectations of people and they let us down, of family and they let us down, of business and it lets us down. Um, and so, yeah, I've just been, it's a continual process of um, chopping those expectations down to, to a, a more accurate level. Uh, and then being blown away by the results rather than the, the opposite. Yeah, but exactly expecting challenge is normal and necessary rather than if you expect things to be easy and then they're mm. hard, then you suffer. But That's if you expect right. that there's going to be a challenge and the challenge is actually the way, well, then when things are challenging, you go, oh, this is exactly what I expected. So <laughs> okay. yeah, just, just yeah. get it done and stop bitching and moaning all the time. Yeah, yeah it's a strange concept to get a grasp of, huh? Oh, it's it's crucial though. I I resonate with that strongly. You, you, our expectations cause a lot of suffering. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hmm. Um. It, so you obviously you mentioned you're a big reader, and there's been some key books that have been on your shelves, and you can still see them on your shelves. So can you pinpoint yeah. any books that that stand out as highlights along the way that you keep referring to, or or you gift to others, or you just think, yeah, that yeah. that was a key piece of technology that's Still serving me today, for sure. Well, firstly, I'll, I'll preface that uh, I hate. I I don't know if I still hate, but I definitely hated <laughs> reading. Um, yeah, it was it was never my strong suit. I like just picking up a book would take forever until I started finding the books that you know I found. I wanted the results that were locked away inside of them, and so um, I don't know if that will help anyone on the call. But I, you know, I was very proud to tell people I yeah. hated reading early on. Um, but the question, I've definitely, and I pulled a few off the shelf um, knowing this question would get asked, some of my absolute favorites, and there are so many, um, but one that I continually go back to, despite how old it is and how out of date people might think it is, is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Um, 
which I know you will know of uh, very well. Uh, yeah, but, I had, but I've never read it because yeah, oh, I just okay. never really know what to do with that book. So give us, sell, sell me that book. What's, what's going on with that book? Okay. Sure. I reckon this book I'm holding in my hand right now, I reckon it is the solution to any personal um, business, whatever challenge it is. If it involves people, this book yeah. is is the solution. Whether you are you are um, an introvert naturally, like I am, and you're at a party with people and you just you know have got no clue, you know you want to stand in the corner. This book will help you um, connect with somebody and leave and let them leave the conversation thinking you are the the most interesting human alive. Um, if you've got challenges with business, like it just it gives you roadmaps on how to, um, you know, tackle those situations in such a way that leaves the other person thanking you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I could go on and on. It, there, you could amazing. go on. It sounds like it. There you go. Well, um, one of the interviews, uh, a couple, or maybe it was in the last one that I did, one of the key ideas that was brought up was the fact that success breeds success. So, you, when you a great way to overcome any insecurity in the area is to find a small win, and then from that's where we build the next win. You know, so sure. people often are insecure around their interactions with people, and so there's a great book that's going to get some strategies go. to do better with people. And if you do better with people, then you're more likely to be more confident in your next engagement with people, which then mm-hmm. creates this this belief again, oh, maybe I'm stronger than I think. Maybe I, I'm better at this yeah. than I thought. Okay. And if I'm better at it, then I can do more of it. And so, yeah, yeah cool. Uh, and, uh, another book, any, anything else? Oh, to sorry, finish on that, this book is, uh, I mean, all these books are, but they're really fun if you just take like, you know, one thought and then implement it through the week or if you've got a wedding to go to or if you've got an event to be at, if you are you know, got a challenge, just to implement this stuff. And uh, I use it, <laughs> I use it mostly on my brother and uh, he, he gets he gets sucked into it. He gets so sucked in, and then finally realizes that I'm using techniques on him. And he goes, "Stop doing that." He's like, "You shouldn't you shouldn't use those on people that you love." Uh, so yeah, it's good fun. Uh, and, another book um, is just to understand yourself and your personality. Another old one, Personality Plus by Florence yep. uh, Littor. Great book. Great. Just she, to understand that it. talks about the four different distinct personality types. Is that right? That, that's right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, great. Um, the Alchemist, Paolo Coelho. Yes, great book. Yeah, wonderful story. What, and just what did you yeah. love most about that? Oh, I think um, I think I resonated it with it just on the the just on a story level of. Um, just understanding one thing lead to another thing. Uh, I guess what we were talking about, success breeds success. Um, and just giving me that macro perspective on life. I think that was really powerful. Yeah, great. I, I love when authors use story to bring their point across because it's, it's oh. so subtle but, but it just goes in so deep. Because you don't yeah. think you're being preached to, you don't think there's a message, but you just invest yeah. in this story, and it's all impacting on all kinds of different levels, and often lingers with you. So it's um, yeah, yeah, I, that's I agree a, with what. That's, yeah, that's been a recent learning of mine. How much story is, um, you know, valuable in everything that we do, and so yeah, hundred percent agree. Hmm. Um, 
fourth book, Think and Grow Rich. Napoleon very, Hill. Uh, yeah, Napoleon Hill, very well known. Um, yeah. And then fi- finally, The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Ah, yes. I refer to that often. Six uh-huh. great strategies to start your day well. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Hal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, great. I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of books. So I just love... Well, I love frameworks and I love, like like you said, the secrets that are inside those books and the fruit of getting those secrets into your life. Yeah. So, um, such a great yeah, resource. Hmm. Okay, so are there any other rituals or practices that you use to stay fresh and sharp? Because um, obviously mm. you've done some amazing things in the world and, and built a big tribe and connected a lot of people. But I, I'm guessing there's probably still some even bigger stuff inside you yet to come. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's the vision. Um, yeah, and there definitely are rituals um, and habits that I've developed and that I'm working on and that I struggle with. Yeah. Um, a whole bunch there for sure. And I've. it's funny um, that we're having this conversation right now at this point in time because... Uh, last week, I can say, was the best week I've had, um, I would say, in 24 months, like personally, spiritually, and in business. And then that was only followed by, that was followed by the worst week that I've had in 24 months um, <laughs> in just about all those areas as well. And so the whole thing of like the challenge is the way um, forward and understanding that, like that. Two weeks ago, my like my life was just absolutely in turmoil, um, and then last week I looked back and I was you know self evaluating all of the things, and one of the first things to go was my my morning routine, um, hmm. and it just fell off the bandwagon. Um, so maybe you'd like me just to share, I guess, what that yeah. routine might well, look great. like. Great, that'd be very helpful. Yeah, yeah. So it is based from the the. I mean, I was doing morning routines. I've been doing them for about six years, um, thanks to my mentor, Rowan Kunz, um, who's also my cousin and just has been invaluable um, to me and my personal growth and business growth. But So we'd had, um, we'd had a few systems in place, you know, and with Think and Grow Rich, you know, reading your daily affirmations in the mirror. Uh, I'd done that for a couple of years. And then when Rowan and I connected, you know, with him as my mentor, we began sending each other a text message every morning, Monday to Friday, with three gratitudes um, from the past 24 hours, you know, a couple of learnings, things that we'd learnt, and then our, our top priority that would make today a success. And so we've yeah. been doing that for, for years on end. Uh, and then he, gave me, he actually gave me the Miracle Morning after he'd read it. Yeah. And I, I started to develop a few of those extra habits. Uh, and actually, I must say, prior to that, I'd gone through Tony Robbins' personal power. Um, yep. And so, you know, I'd walked and talked with Tony every morning and, you know, uh-huh. been, you know, training myself in gratitude and, and love, etc. Uh, so all of these things had led up to finally the miracle morning, which helps, which helped, I guess, um, process or like, um, how would you say it? You know, put those things into a very structured process. Yeah, sure. Uh, with time frames around them. And so uh, it's, that that has been the last sort of year of my life where I will wake up um, and, you know, exercise. Then I'll, you know, get um, 
grateful. I will uh, get some fuel into my body. I will send love out into the world. I'll meditate uh, and then get ready for my day all within sort of an hour, hour and a half, um, yeah, time frame. But it's been con- it's been Amazing. a continual ev- evolution. Yeah, well, and I imagine that that kind of consistency uh, builds this solidness in your life that can cope with the mountain and the valley. So yes, so when you have the best week of your life, you go, well, that's fantastic. Um, then followed by the worst week of your life, that's terrible. But neither of those two events really change anything about how you're rolling. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I think, um, you know, especially one of the things in Miracle Morning talking about, oh, I'm not a morning person, you know. Personally, I'd love to sleep all day, as, as I believe you know, a lot of people would. And so, therefore, just like the, the topic of being insecure, um, you know, people either feel like they are a morning or a, a night person, but I believe all of us can be become morning people. And that was another thing I used to hate, just like reading. Um, but with training, I realized, and with development, I realized that the results that I could get out of being up and focused um, of a morning were much more desirable than the opposite, which was, you know, laziness or feeling uh, foggy in the morning and, you know, leaving things till late at night. So it was, again, let or go, which one, you know, do I want for my, my life? Wow. That's that's fantastic. Um, cool. Is there anything else that you feel like that we've missed that's been a key part for your journey and and you think will be useful to people in helping them be at their best? I mean, how long is a piece of string? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's been some serious key key parts um, throughout my life. Um, um, I'm not sure, you know, uh, exactly, you know, what questions or time you've got available, but probably the largest challenge that I've had to go through in my life whether you want me to share that, but it might uh, uncover a few more qu- questions or time. Please share. That'd be great. Yeah, so a big part of my story was obviously, as I've shared, um, you know, following my parents quite closely and uh, just absolutely adoring everything that they did and uh, that I saw them build and grow and, and lead. And then, um, like I said, I'm currently staying, I'm in my, my dad's office, which is now my office, which is amazing um but in 2012 i was studying for a an exam for university for chemistry which i had no i'm so glad that i quite quickly dropped out of that after a few years but i was studying for this exam and i was with one of my best friends toby had the books open as everyone would know head down tail up studying and focusing and trying to keep out all distractions and um, my phone my phone started ringing it was mum and I thought, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll talk to her later. You know, I'm studying. She'll understand. It's all good. And then something inside me just said, you know, pick up the phone. And so I answered the phone. Hey, mum, how are you going? And she said, you know, Ryan, you need to come home right away. I think dad may have been in an accident. I'm just not sure what, what's happening. And so I, you know, hung up the phone and, and literally like said to Toby, you know, I don't know what's going on. I've got to go and just left everything there behind, ran to the car and sped home. And the thing about Dad was that he'd um, he'd learned to fly over the the last couple of years prior to 2012, and that morning he'd been out flying um, his his two seater plane with his co-pilot Michael, and they had to make an emergency you know landing for for you know for whatever reason in in the plane, and um, they 
they landed that plane, you know, beautifully, and we could tell by the the, the tracks in the the field that they landed it just um, in in Lismore. However, came across, um, you know, unfortunate ground, which ended up flipping the plane and trapping and, and killing both of them in that accident. And yeah, well. for 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 someone that was on a journey that I was, um, feeling like I had the world at my feet, I was on the right direction. I had the most incredible parents and mentors. Life was good. Uh, I felt inspired and on the right path. Everything came, you know, quite quickly, um, you know, crashing to the ground. Uh, and it left me absolutely confused, to, to say the least, aside from the anger and all of the other things that came about. It left me confused yeah. as to how something could happen when things were going so well. Uh, and that turn point in my life... Um, if it was if it wasn't for um, you know the the God that I know my family support and my friends um, would have been the end of me I, I can very um, confidently say that would have been the end of me um, but it wasn't and so I was able to you know come back from that with um, resilience and strength but uh, and passion still to sort of continue on the mission that my dad uh, had had left behind, and now I'm more passionate than ever. I'm, I'm more joyful than ever. I'm more happy than ever. But that process over the last six years um, has been a long one, and hasn't yeah hasn't been one without insecurity. And so, on that topic, we felt a lot of anxiety and insecurity creep into our life that we'd never experienced before. Um, yeah. When phones, you know, when our phone would ring from my brother or my mum, you know, immediately we oh, would think yeah. that some, wow. something was wrong. Uh, yeah. All these sorts of insecurities crept in, and so we probably don't have time to cover all of that. But I would share that story for anyone listening to your podcast um, to know that the journey, you know, to success is one just littered with challenges and people, you know, I understand your listeners have been through, you know, business death, you know, family death, all sorts of things. Um, but yeah. if we build the support network around us strong enough and if we commit to the the journey of life knowing that, you know, ahead of this mountain is just another mountain and then another one and another one, uh, I found that that has given me a lot of, um, confidence in knowing that all right there's going to be there's going to be more and the fact that I feel like I've faced my worst day in the history of my life I feel like I've faced that and so therefore any challenge ahead of me now I can grab that uh, and look at that from a uh, an outside perspective and go this doesn't compare this pales in comparison to the pain and the challenge I felt you know um, losing my dad so suddenly and so yeah, I share that hopefully to to give someone confidence and encouragement in their walk. Unbelievable. I, I appreciate the vulnerability and honesty and it's, it's amazing stuff, um, very relevant to all kinds of situations that people find themselves in. And I, just as you're sharing that, I was remembering uh, something I heard recently about the value of hindsight in reviewing the good and the bad in our life. And, and the instruction was not to be too hasty at judging the merit or value of any one moment. Because in, wow. in, in the moment, you would have, um, you know, would have said, well, this is it. Like, this is, the, this is my life's over. This is too much pain. This is the worst experience and no good. Like, where is the yep. good in this? There is none. 
um, this is horrible. I wish more than anything this hadn't happened. Um, totally. But then six years on, your ability to look back at that day, and although you would never wish it happened again, that day has created more strength in you and brought more beauty and growth than any other day in the history of your life. And so totally. it's that day that's added to you. Um, yeah. You know, strangely and the, the days enough. that we think are our, strangely <laughs> enough, exactly right. Strangely, strangely enough. enough. <laughs> and, the, and the days we think are our best, you know, we might look back in 10 years and think, wow, what was I even doing then? I had no idea what I was right. even doing. I was so distracted and, you know, I was wasting my time or wasting my money or, or walking over people or whatever. Oh, man, you know, that day actually took me further away from where I am now. So, yep. Uh, yeah, just the ability to be able to, like you said, step outside of that story and then use it to build your overall life and help you get more of what you want so incredibly profound so thank you Uh, no problem my pleasure um so where can people find you if they say want to see what you're doing and uh connect with you and uh, you know explore the ways that you could add value to their life where do you hang out most online for sure, yeah. We'll definitely come hang out on Instagram. Um, from recent studies, it's, uh, it's saying that one billion people are on Instagram now, so most likely everyone listening is on it. <laughs> um, yeah. Come hang out. My Instagram is Ryan L. Bowles, B-O-W-L-E-S, and um, that's where I am sort of 24 hours a day. And then uh, <laughs> if they're you know, creative and want to be part of a worldwide tribe, they're more than welcome to come join join our tribe uh, and our group that's creative, supporting other creatives from all over the world. And uh, to to get in touch there, head to icreateordie.com forward slash tribe. Lead or gold right there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and your heavy metal music. So is that still available? Can, can I, if I yeah. Google that or YouTube that, you'd, you'd pop up? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Head to YouTube and, and Google Prepared Like a Bride and the first video is the most valuable one uh, and actually tells the story quite personally and, and vulnerable, uh, vulnerably <laughs> of yeah. uh, the journey that I walked, yeah, losing dad and how um, yeah. how I overcame that. Well, okay, I'll make sure those links, all those links you just mentioned are in the show notes if you want to find out more. So. Yeah, Ryan, we'll leave it there. I, I value the conversation and uh, thank you so much for sharing out of the depths of who you are and where you've been and where you're heading. I'm sure people will find that incredibly valuable. So thank you. Thanks, James. Appreciate it. You've been listening to The Insecurity Project. If you're interested in finding out more about dealing with your own insecurity, check out the 30-day online Overcoming Insecurity Bootcamp combines high-quality frameworks with one-on-one coaching to help you eradicate the fear of not being good enough and give yourself permission to really flourish in life. For more information, check out jamonfraser.com.